towards the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on him. Chiotte, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! Would you believe it? Divo Carigi! Balotelli, Aguero! Staggering! Just staggering! Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Hey, oh, Demartin Martin Download back once again. Ian Gilmore, Adam Baker, Luke Maloney. It is a postseason episode, a little bit sad to say, but it's okay. It was two great seasons, uh, and now we start to wrap things up. Gents, you know, hey, how we feeling? You know, good. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. You know, a lot of hope in the future and a lot of bright stuff coming ahead. Oh, yes, yes. Again, great seasons. It was wonderful. Postseason soccer was back at DeMartin Stadium. That that I mean, it's just it's hard to to put that into words of, of what that was like. It was glorious, it absolutely, was and for both teams, men's and women's, it was it was great. Well, not postseason for men's at Demartin, <laughs> yeah. but well, no, it, no, it was a glorious DeMar, but men's had a glorious times but, at yeah. Demartin for the yeah. end of the season. Both but teams. men's had a postseason. We got to call Maryland. <laughs> okay, um, so here's here's how today is gonna work. A little different than usual. Uh, we're gonna take a couple weeks to wrap up these seasons, just because we wanna we gotta get fully into it. Uh, deep dive, analyze everything, and you know, you know, bring to the viewers everything that happened all season. Uh, so we're actually gonna start with the women's team this week. We have some postseason awards coming up later. Uh, but first, a really cool thing for us: um, the first ever player or coach live on the show. Jeff Hostler, the head coach of women's soccer, is joining us today over the phone uh, to talk everything women's soccer that happened this season. Jeff, first. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. Um, and I just, I just, you know, we have, you know, as a podcast that we can get a little bit more long-winded. And I just want to ask you and, and, and get your, your thoughts and your feelings on this, this whole first season that you had in East Lansing. It's hard to remember. It's been three and a half months since you've been here, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. But, you know, just your thoughts uh, on, you know, your first season in the green and white. Guys, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I'm happy to be on this maiden voyage with you. Uh, yeah, there we a, go. A staffer or player. So, um, and and frankly, I, I really appreciate you know all the time and attention you've you've given to the soccer programs uh, this fall and continue to do so. Uh, it's one thing that, that for us is important to get our what our experience is for our student athletes, what we're trying to build here in East Lansing, um, you know, with our women's side out to as many viewers and, and as many people as possible. So I appreciate you uh, having that, that invested interest in, and having me on uh, today. So It has been our you know, pleasure, your, your yes. Question? Yeah, no, it's, I, I really do. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, look, it's, we're in the process right now. We're having end-of-the-year individual player meetings, and it's kind of crazy to me. Um, you know, it's, it's five, it's, it's still only five months on the job, right. uh, but to go through a whole season, uh, and to have it the way, have it go the way that it did, uh, with such little time to prepare and get to know players and implement literally everything brand new from building out a culture to trying to set out in systems and, and establish playing principles and everything else. Um, you know, you guys have asked me before, but I think it was truly a remarkable first season for us, um, all the credit goes to our kids because we threw a lot of stuff at them. Uh, they kept, uh, you know, they, they were open-minded from the start. They maintained uh, that grace throughout the whole course of the year, and it obviously led to some incredible, um, you know, incredible results through the course of it. And 
you know, one of the best years in over a decade. So uh, I'm thrilled with the first season overall and, you know, but we're just getting started. So um, I'm an open book if you've got questions for me. Yeah. Um, I want to, you know, you know, you talk about your individual player meetings. I want to start at the back with the goalkeeper of the year, Lauren Kozel. Um, you know, she came and she's been here for what, four years now and has, um, you know, the first three seasons it weren't like this season at all for her. Big Ten goalkeeper of the year, the most shutouts in the conference. Um, how have you sort of, what's that relationship been like with you and her in this season and how can you sort of assess her season performance? Well, her, her individual performance, much like our teams, I mean, it was, it was remarkable. Um, you know, with, with the way her, particularly last spring went, um, comparison to this fall, um, you know, I've known Lauren for a while, you know, give you a little bit of backstory when she was a youth player and I was still the head coach at Grand Valley. Um, it's a player, you know, that would have been an incredible game changer for our level. Um, and I knew she was on the bigger, bigger programs. Uh, I thought, always thought she was power five bound, but man, I, I definitely shot my shot and I went and watched that kid play basketball games, trying to do anything <laughs> to get her to talk to us and, and, you know, maybe even eventually make a commitment. So I got to know her pretty well and her family through the recruiting process. Um, you know, they had a really strong family connection with one of our current players at that time. And, um, you know, at least she entertained me, you know, and gave me the opportunity to talk to her a little bit. There you go. And had me to believe there was a chance. But, uh, you know, I've always seen, I've always seen incredible potential in, in Kozel. Um, you know, she is a great kid. She's incredibly driven. She's determined. Um, and another way where these, this group has shown so much maturity is to have, for her to, to, to work so hard and earn the accolades and the recognition. Frankly, I think the, the, the All Big Ten and the Goalkeeper of the Year awards are just the start, you know, as we'll start to find out all region, all American awards here over the next month. Um, you know, I really do truly believe she was the best goalkeeper in the Big Ten this year from start to finish. Um, she had the best numbers. She faced more shots than anybody, yet still had one of the best goal against average um, and just does so much for us. So, but at the same time, like, while all the credit to the player, you know, Megan Link, because when I brought her in uh, on the staff coming with me from Grand Valley, I've not found a better trainer of goalkeepers than Megan. And she made an instant connection with her. Um, you know, Megan's someone that, that challenges players every day, much like we do. Uh, and Lauren bought into it. You know, she wanted to be coached up. Uh, Megan likes players that ask questions that wants to be challenged. And, and Kozel has a lot of those. And so I think at the end of the day, they always knew they were getting the best out of each other and always demanding more of each other. And that kind of, you know, focus on a daily grind is what's going to lead to bigger, you know, bigger results uh, over time. And so much like our program, guys, uh, Kozel's back next year. Um, and I think that's a huge, huge roster um, you know, that's a huge announcement to be to be aware of. I think most people know it does possibility, but that's official. Um, and so to have her back another year, not just with her playing ability, but her leadership and experience, uh, that can really set the tone for what we're trying to do in year two. That is, yeah, that is massive. Breaking news on DeMartin Download, big. Um, that, and that is going to be such an important part for this this piece or this team, I think, next year. Another game changer was up front in Ava Cook. 
I, you know, just because we never really were able to get into it, can you sort of give us the backstory of what recruiting her was like and then the four years you had with her at Grand Valley and just, you know, how cool was it for you to be able to, to coach her for another year at a different school? Kind of the opposite of Kozel. Um, she was, you know, she and her club coach were really persistent in trying to get me to pay attention and take a chance on her. Uh, I know it's probably really hard to believe uh, seeing the player that she is today, but you know, that's a kid. Um, it's one of my favorite stories of coaching. It's this, I just finished my 17th season as a head coach collegiately, and um, it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with who Ava is as a person. Um, but you know, she came to a, a series of camps young in her career, freshman, sophomore year. Um, the sophomore ID camp in particular was a December ID camp that uh, her club coach followed up me to see what I thought, and like I just told him, "There's no way, man. Like, <laughs> no, there's there's no chance she can play. You know, she's uncoordinated, she's awkward. Uh, her touch isn't very good. <laughs> I, I can't imagine someone trying to tell you these things about Ava Cook. I really can't. <laughs> this is very hard to picture. <laughs> right, it is. And so um, he's like, "All right, I get it. Um, you know, I'll let her know, and then kind of off our radar. Uh, you know, for the next calendar year." And around the same time that, that, well, that next year around November, he reached back out like, Hey, I see that you have an ID camp in December. I really think you should take a look at this kid. Like the same kid that came the year before and we already talked about, it's like, yeah. yes, I, I really do. Like she's kind of grown into her body. She's much better. She's left footed. She's good in the air. She's strong. Like, and it's a guy I really trust. Todd Wells, uh, incredible youth coach, um, another great person. And he would never vouch for someone that, you know, he knows the type of player I look for. So, like, all right, have her sign up, have her come. We'll take a look at her. And I knew after 10 minutes she was going to be an elite player. Mm. And so I share that story in large part because a lot of times in recruiting, kids give up because they get in front of a coach one time, they don't perform as well as they can, and then you know, they think that dream is over and how important it is to be persistent and keep working and keep getting better. And, again, like, yeah, I know it's cliche, but it's true. Like, chase, you know, dream big, chase, chase your goals. Um, and so Ava's a kid that did that and we got, we got done with ID camp and you can't talk to kids. So I immediately like called her, uh, <laughs> after camp and said, you were awesome. We want you at Grand Valley. How are we going to make that happen? And she committed the next day. <sighs> um, so we were her only scholarship school to recruit her. Um, there were a, a couple of division three schools. Uh, obviously they can't offer athletic aid and she actually came to Grand Valley as a walk-on. And um, her first year was the GLIAC freshman of the year. She was all-conference. Uh, she was an all-region player. And then the remainder of her career, she was a first-team All-American and one of the most prolific goal scorers in Division II history. Um, so that's the backstory. That's the recruitment. A um, little bit of like a, a Rudy tone to it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, all along that way, has always remained to be one of the most loyal, hardworking, committed um, and most importantly, humble kids. And I think that's what really allowed her transition into this program at Michigan State so successful was she didn't come in here with any, you know, if anything, she or we tried to downplay our relationship having worked together for four years um, and distance ourselves a little bit. So it's a little bit unique. You know, we're at Grand Valley. She's someone that's in front of the team. We're talking to all about all the time. She's in my office. She, you know, she's an example we use, et cetera, et cetera. But here we really had to kind of try to distance ourselves because I never wanted to put her in a tough place socially with her team and the chemistry. 
and she didn't want to either. And she's always been about the team, always about having team success. You know, if someone else is recognized for something or makes a big play, she's going to prop them up and celebrate them tenfold for any uh, acknowledgement or recognition, you know, that she's going to receive. So, you guys, she's a, she's a really special kid. Um, you know, she's got a lot of really high-level soccer ahead of her. Um, she'll be in the NWSL draft. We'll see where that goes. Uh, and if it's not here, uh, she's going to make a team in Europe, um, you know, really happy. Uh, first and foremost, again, thanks for joining us. Absolutely massive to have Hansi Hostler himself on the show. <laughs> so, well, Chris, quick question on that last one. Has she ever let you forgotten your early assessment of her as she went on to become the statistical <laughs> machine she is? Uh, no, no doubt, but I've also never hesitated to remind her either. <laughs> so, and you talk so. about kind of how quickly everyone bought into what all the players brought into the different things you guys are bringing them in the off season. As soon as you came in, kind of what were those first things you really wanted to implement? What were those first training sessions like? Really, it was just some of the foundational things, um, like getting get in there. Like we had to talk a lot about median expectations because I think that's the biggest disconnect when it comes to players, coaches. Is you know my version of hard work might look really different than yours or hers. Um, you know, from one person to the next and kind of saying, this is what it looks like. Here's a video of a hardworking player. Uh, here's what it looks like in training. You know, see how she did that? That's hard work. Um, you know, what is commitment? Well, it's not just coming to practice on time. It's, what, you know, how often are you coming in to look at film? How much are you asking questions during the training session? How engaged are you with other players? What are you doing when no one's looking? Uh, and really kind of setting those those expectations for each other of what those words mean, because otherwise it can be interpreted very differently from one person to the next. Um, and like I said, from the top, like being open-minded to it, those were two areas they were. And man, they put in the work. That August was really special. August was so much fun uh, because honestly, like from where it was, what I saw, what I heard uh, about the program, about the kids, I, I didn't really know. Well, I had an idea of what to expect, and they exceeded all those expectations uh, with the way they bought in, and, and we absolutely grinded August, which which obviously set us up for the opportunity to have some success in non-conference. And then you're obviously amazingly successful at Grand Valley. Coming to Michigan State, did you want to kind of implement the same system, or did you want to like kind of first get a look at the players and see what you could build with them specifically? Really for us, we, you know, at Grand Valley, we were we were the top program in Division Two, um, and had developed to a situation where it was that way year in year out. Um, so we, by and large, uh, in most instances, had the best talent. Um, most teams we played uh, would be in a more defensive shape, um, you know, or sit in a little bit deeper, or flat out just play, you know, park a bus and maybe a second one in the eighteen if they could. And so a lot of our training sessions are about how to break that down and being possession oriented and stretching the game out where you know, a lot of times looking, we were playing two in the back. Um, so it was definitely very system oriented at Grand Valley. Uh, you know, and, but at the same time here, we couldn't come in and just do that. Uh, so here it was more about teaching principles than it was a system. And, you know, you saw that through the course of the year. We played a lot of different systems, a lot of different formations. And even within formations, having various styles of play within it. And um, so a lot of it was, was principle-oriented. What, you know, what are team strengths? What are their potential weaknesses? What are our strengths? And knowing who we are at a core, and for us this year, 
we knew we had great goalkeeping. We knew we were really disciplined defensively. Um, we were good in those 1v1 moments. Uh, we understood team defending principles pretty well. Um, we knew that we had a 1v1 attacking threat out of Ava. Uh, and I, I thought we could be really good, you know, down the vertical middle, uh, particularly in transition. And that's where we were at our best. And so a lot of it was, was predicated on those principles and then building system and personnel around that based on our opponent. Hey, Jeff, this is Luca. I'm going to transition a little bit into the future. With eight new recruits announced in the last two weeks, how did that recruitment process look like? It was quick. <laughs> it was quick. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> what are was, some... Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, our, I mean, our coach staff worked incredibly hard. Uh, we obviously had names, for me, coming over from Grand Valley, uh, Gabe, coming in from, from the Big 12 at Kansas State, had some, some players on the radar. Uh, we knew there were kids out there. Uh, and, you know, really, my first day was June 14th uh, on campus. The day it was announced, my first day on campus as well. June 15th opened the recruiting period for 2023. So a lot of phone calls that day with those, those younger players. Uh, and then I left two days later for 10 days recruiting uh, for the ECNL and GA playoffs. So... Some of it was identifying players, which we did. Uh, now I'm thrilled with the class we put together, uh, essentially on three months of work in the summer with kids that were still available going into their senior year uh, of high school. So, man, I, I mean, it was it was a whirlwind. Um, but at the same time, I, I pride myself in being thorough and talking to a lot of their club coaches, high school coaches, school teachers, counselors, club coaches, uh, other club coaches in their league, um, other club coaches in their area, trying to gather any information I can about who they are as people and what their evaluation is, um, because we did have to make very quick decisions on players. That's awesome. And finally, how does preparation for next season look like? Well, for the first time, um, I mean, you know, we had like Allie Childers was in today for her meeting, and. You know, I mean, she's going into her senior year, and this will be the first regular traditional offseason of her career because of COVID. You know, her freshman year, things got shut down in March. So, like, she's never gone through a full cycle with anybody, and she's going into her fourth year here. Um, so, for us, it's going to be – I mean, it's new. Unless you're a, a fifth-year player, it's, it's going to be totally different um, because they haven't had that experience. But um, we take a lot of pride in the work we put in the offseason – um, yeah, there really is no such thing as an off season because if you're working to be the best player you can be every day, it doesn't matter if it's in December or if it's in August or in November. And so for our kids, like, um, you know, we're in our eight hour segment. It's, you know, pretty limited. We only get four hours on the ball and we get four hours of other activities that we can use. Um, and that kind of carries us all the way until Feb end of February. Then we get back to our 20 hours. We can obviously do a lot more things in terms of you know, team development and tactics and, and play a few sprint games. You have, uh, there's, in terms of the future, Jeff, you've got, uh, by my count, eight, uh, you know, seniors or grad students. Can you give an update on any of them that might be leaving and some that might be coming back using their COVID years or whatnot? Yeah, so... Um, you know, obviously you have players with Ava, Danny, and uh, Bella that use their fifth year, um, their COVID year already, so they're, they're officially done. Um, Sam White is also coming back uh, for next fall. That's another really key piece for us 
uh, to return. You know, she had a fantastic year. Is really starting to blossom into a, a vocal leader for this group. Um, and there's still a couple of kids up in the air that I, I can't quite comment on, but by and large, I mean at the end of the day, we'll have six or seven players that that do graduate um, and move on. And uh, you know, we'll we're, that's kind of where our number came from in recruiting class of eight. But at the same time, you know, we have our first official transfer coming. Uh, Justina uh, Gainer's sister Celia is coming in from Butler. Uh, that will join us in January. Uh, we have another kid that's verbally committed to us, uh, but we have to, to wait a couple more days before that announcement is made, and I think there will be some, several other new faces uh, via transfer uh, joining us in January too. We know we know how big those were for you this year. Um, I, I know we got to let you go here pretty soon. I, I, remind me if I'm wrong. Is it Arsenal? Is that your Prem Club? Don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that up. <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, hey, well, they're not hey, doing bad right now. It's, yeah. it's. I was gonna. Uh, the question was, do they finish top four this year? But that's the problem. Is like that's the standard it's become, right? Like your comment right there. Like they're not doing bad now, and that <laughs> the question is, are they gonna finish top four? It's so embarrassing. What? I support Newcastle, yeah. so I'm in a totally different boat. I, I, <laughs> right. Also, I wanted to ask. We we know and we've talked about it on the podcast all season about the sneaker collection. I gotta ask: Do we have an exact count? Because I think it last time I checked, it was over three fifty. Has that been added to since you got to East Lansing again? It's so funny you bring that up. Uh, yeah, it's over four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb! Just dropping bombs on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's been uh, you know the pursuit of uh, Nikes and Jays that have. <laughs> Green and them has been uh, okay. in the last last two months for sure. That, that makes sense. I need some of these websites and of I did, wherever I did you're getting them to. The, um, the new the new Jordan threes with the pine green. So I just cop those. My gosh, that is, that is just you have you have more <laughs> shoes than there are days in the year now. You can choose one different every single day. Yeah, some of those pairs really get neglected. <laughs> By your do. yeah, I gotta give them I gotta give them some more love for sure. Well, uh, Jeff. You have so much time to, to build this team again. Um, we cannot thank you enough for coming on today. And uh, I know uh, me and Adam might be graduating, but Luca will be back again next year. Um, and although we might be graduated, our eyes will, will still be firmly fixed on East Lathan. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, have a great offseason, and, and good luck next year as well. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate all of the support uh, and attention you provided. Yeah, of course. Our pleasure. Jeff Hostler, the women's Michigan State soccer head coach, joins us on the podcast. Amazing stuff. Great stuff. Unreal. Wow. That that's a I can't think of a better way to, you know, christen a, a guest. So on the many pod. bombs dropped on the pot. Dude, we're breaking wow. we're breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news on the Martin download. What a time. What's what the, an episode. My God. I I feel like I need to go to Twitter and drop some you know, fab, fab tweets. Here we go. <laughs> Kozel and Sam White back on the team confirmed. Here we go. Well, that was great. That was fantastic. Fantastic guy. Fantastic coach. And I think, uh, you know, just, you know, hearing the backstories of like how he recruits players and in the stories there, I think is just some really cool insight. Um, I mean, if I was, I would like to listen to this podcast personally, if I wasn't on it. No, it, it, it's great stuff. Just hear, hearing that stuff is so cool. Yeah, I can't believe. I mean, that I was, was sitting, yeah. I was sitting here. I'm like, what? My mind is blown right now. I, I just thinking of 
someone, anyone and describing I'll, Ava Cook like that is absurd. And I went straight to her freshman year stats at Grand Valley just to see like how quickly this turnaround was. <laughs> and 13 goals, 11 assists in 24 games, 22 starts. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I can't. Boy, you didn't regret that like one, how did you? You, don't, you can't make that up. The way that the way that it, how it started versus how it's going, right? Yeah. How it went the whole way through. There was really just one hiccup along the way. The first meeting. That is crazy. Yeah, to think man. she was a Division three target. To think yeah. that she was a walk on at a D two school, and then makes what was it, second second team All Big second. Ten in her first year in D one. That's crazy, man. And put up historical numbers in goal scoring. That's just crazy, dude. Unbelievable story. I can't believe it. I cannot, cannot believe it. That's great stuff, though. Um, let's let's unpack one of the things he said. Um, Sam White and Kozel both being back. I don't think you can overstate how important that is because they were two of the most important pieces to this team all year. Oh, what? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you go break it down with Samantha White first. That's in center back with Abby Gardner. I mean, that was a lockdown defense. Two solid defenders who could play off the ball, play with the ball, and also look for options up top. Up top, and their movement of the ball was fantastic. Their defense, their one-on-one defending was fantastic, and to be able to have a piece of that again next season will be massive. Yeah, and I don't. We don't know yet if Gardner's back or what's up with her. But if they can keep that whole defensive triangle, both center backs and the starting goalie, and if Sklarski's one of those too, yeah. No, just be I, I went and, through the I went through the roster during the thing and I I wrote that Sam White, Sklarski, Gardner, Gia Wahlberg, Cam Evans, and Bella Jodis. But yeah. I mean, if yeah, if you can get Gardner and Sklarski back too, yeah, yeah, and you'll oh. have Reagan Cox at right back yep. too again. If you can keep that the back well five including Kozel, that is absurdly important. It's massive, yeah, that'd be, you know, especially just a, a whole. I mean, granted, they clicked right away, so I don't. I feel like I don't yeah. need to say they had a whole year of chemistry, but right. just coming into that second year together as a second back, uh, as a center back pairing, just yeah, huge for the spine of the team. Yeah, and it was also a position change for Abby Gardner too, because she played a little bit in midfield under Saxton, and to see her fully transition into a center back role, it's massive achievement. Achievement. And when it wasn't in the midfield, it was outside back too sometimes, and now she you know cemented. <laughs> I, the, one of the funniest things I thought with Gardner is how she was like taking the corner kicks all year and took the first pen of the year. Like I, I thought she was set piece specialist for a while there as a center back. Um, uh, might as well do it because it's our job to speculate. Uh, Skarsky and Gardner, do we think they come back? If they're both fifth year eligible, I definitely think so. You compare kind of the dullness of early 2021, whatever, before Hostler came in. And then getting to experience this season, yep. I don't see why they wouldn't want another they're year. They're both regular seniors. Like, they're not redshirts. Yeah, they're like regular seniors. And especially, again, Gardner getting that position change and really getting a run out for the entirety of the season. I don't see how. Now, I don't see why. Granted, you're a senior, so who knows if they would want to come back or not. But on a playing sense, I definitely think there's a lot of incentive to come back for another year. There is a lot of incentive, but there's also a lot coming into this team. I mean, you're going to have yeah, we're already true. eight recruits. This could be like one a 30-plus con- roster well, yeah, well, yeah, one confirmed transfer, and Hostler just told us that they're looking for more transfers. So that's going to have to squeeze somebody out. Yeah, it'll be. But, I mean, I think you got to back yourself. You started the entirety of the season 
you're such an integral piece to the Absolutely. team. You're the, not gonna. The, the offer is entertaining. You won't really be scared of a new recruit. Twenty nine players on the team this year on the roster. So I mean, that's gonna be over thirty easy next year, right? Yeah, it has to be. With I mean, even what? if what six graduate? He said six. Yeah, say six seven six. graduate. They signed eight. They brought in Gainer. So that's three more. So that's up to thirty two. And then he said, I mean, he's talking about adding like two, three more transfers up to like 35. Yeah. Here's the one thing I I know with Hostler. He is not afraid to hurt feelings by not playing people. Even if you played this year and there's a freshman that comes in that's nuts, like he will have no problem. And with all these like the postseason meetings, you'll have people that transfer out if he's, yeah, because he'll be cutthroat about like maybe what the the expected role is for them next season. I wouldn't be surprised if some people left if they heard. You know, you're not going to be first or second string potentially. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's going to be tight. That'd be the only reason you could, though, because ugh, it would be so hard to transfer away from this team after this year. No, for sure. It would. But no, you're totally right. If if he is very, you know, explicit about saying, "Hey, you're probably not going to get used next year." Also, he seems like a guy that would like tell a, a player, like, "Hey, I'm not going to use you. I think it's probably best for you if you yeah. find somewhere that that is going to use you. Get a season under your get a yeah." Get a full season of being fully used under your belt. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of a good person that would be like an example of that, but nah, I can't really think of one. Nope, I can't. <laughs> That's it's it's it. difficult. Like on the collegiate level. No, I just on the on the squad, like oh. someone that like we know, uh, like I don't know, like um, Miranda Hart is. That was going to be the first she's, name. She's a, she's a senior though, so she might just you know graduate. Uh the other ones, um, Wahlberg, Evans, and Jodis. I, I would bet my entire mortgage Cameron Evans comes back, the entire house. And then there's the question of Wahlberg and Jodis. I think it's well, difficult for Wahlberg, uh, still because out of those three that you just mentioned, she played the least. Yep. And well, she had the biggest role on this team coming in before Hostler. Who? He said Ava and someone else already used her fifth year. Danny Steffen. Oh, Danny. Okay, I don't know why I was thinking uh, Bella. Well, but, she's a grad student, too. But I almost remember, I thought Emily said that Danny and Bella were both probably going to come back. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, if, yeah, I guess if Bella was never redshirted, then this was her fifth year. And I can't remember if she redshirted or not. But, cause, like, if you redshirt and take your COVID year, then there's six years there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I think they would all lean towards coming back. Maybe Wahlberg wouldn't want to end on, like, a little bit of a lighter note than what she's had in years previous. Again, Evans getting Evans had a much more enjoyable role this season, so mm-hmm. getting another year in that. Yep. And, Everything off her shoulders. Yeah, and plenty of different roles for Bella throughout the season. So there's there's not a lot of people you wouldn't expect to come back just on like yeah, like a playing sense. Like why wouldn't you want to oh, yeah. be with you the wanna program? You want to see what this team can do. Yeah. And year. like if you wanna if you're working towards draft or something a good season under your belt can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Another good one or however. And there's players on this team that I think can do that as well. Yeah, I'll be real curious. Not for the future, but for the now, just yeah, seeing exactly what happens with Cook. Yep. yep. And also you're forgetting that there's also some players, the freshmen this year, Jordan Wickes at, as a forward, she was already showing signs of improvement going late into the season. Yes. So yeah. she, I, I, for me, she's going to be a big piece going into this. Yeah. And, you know, as we get into awards in, in this show, we're going to dive a little deeper into that. Let's Perfect segue. Let's do it. Right. Um, okay, so we have four categories today. We have player of the season, unsung hero, game of the year slash favorite game, 
And then breakout season waiting to happen for next year. So, hey, just to start things off, Luca is taking the torch for player of the season. Player of the season for me, undoubtedly, Ava Cook. With seven goals, three assists, 17 points, and she was second place in shots taken in the Big Ten. She, for me, made the difference for what Michigan State's offense looked like. I mean, it, teams had trouble defending her, and if they had trouble defending her, well, there was also Cameron Evans right <laughs> next to her, which yeah. they also had a handful. So it made teams a lot. It made opposing teams come into East Lansing a, with a little bit of a you know a, an Achilles heel that they knew that they're going to have trouble defending two really good attackers, and Ava Cook anywhere inside the box is going to be a threat. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah, I'm. Also gonna, I you know, I kind of like. Should I be different on this one? But nah, just give Ava her flowers. Definitely Ava Cook for much of the same reasons Luca said, and just go all the way back to that first game of the season. Took her two minutes to open the scoring, really set the tone for what was gonna come from her and the team. There's really not another direction. Well, I mean, we'll wait for you to go, but I, there wasn't another direction <laughs> I could go. Say like there that? was. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought about it for a bit. I was like, yeah, no, no, it, it's got to be Cook. See, this is where we are different. At. <laughs> I, I, I understand, and I agree. Except when you said, "Should I be different?" No, I said, "Should I be different?" Yes. yes. <laughs> Lauren Kozel. For me, it's Lauren Kozel. It's hard to say that the one player on the Big Ten first team is not the player of the year. Seven shutouts in what sixteen games? Seventeen. Seventeen games. That is pretty darn good after a team that went. One ten and one last year. I I think that was that was the difference in a lot of games too because if you look at the games they lost, those were the games where Kozel gave up more goals, and so that's why I think she's the more important piece and why she is my player of the season. Yeah, and the penalty stoppage against Ohio State also, I mean, could have sealed a fourth place for them. Didn't give up more than two goals in a single game all year. I think it's pretty impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. No, no doubt that both A. Cook and 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 Kozel, who we mentioned here, highlighted what this team really was. Yeah. If we're giving out Heisman's, they had to be like they would have been like so close in votes. Very, very close in votes. Yeah. And I struggled to choose between the two, honestly, because yep. for me those were the top two choices. Yep. But I, you know, after those were the clear two choices. Not to say that you know no yep. one, everyone else was bad because they were not at all. But those are the the players of the season. Easy. Unsung hero, Adam. So I got to go. And unsung could be a stretch of a definition, but I'm going Abby Gardner. Okay. Because honestly, throughout the season, I looked at her as the better of the two center backs. And that, really? in a complimentary sense, not as a knock to no, White, no, no, but no, I, I thought Gardner was yeah. great throughout. I thought that, I mean, the transition was so seamless that you kind of forget about it throughout the the season. And I think a lot of the attention was that she went from center mid to center back and not necessarily how good she was doing at center back. And then to see Samantha White made second team, not saying undeserved, but I, and I kind of said this on the call of the Iowa game, I was surprised not to see them on it together almost. And yeah. I was just curious like what the discussions yeah. were on deciding which of the two center backs got that spot. So I know for me it was a, I didn't have to think too long about this one. I went down the roster again after I thought about Gardner and no, definitely Gardner for me. It's fair. Um, Mine was a toss-up between two, and I want I want to go one way just just because it was between Sam White, um, 
just because I know she made accolades, but I think it, it, as a center back, going along with you said, you don't get the the shit or the, the stuff, <laughs> the stuff on the stat sheet. This is, we don't we're not live. This is no FCC regulations. You don't have the stats on the stat sheet, and you, you know you get a little more looked over. But I, I'm going with Cameron Evans because one, this is a little bit of alleviating my own guilt in a certain way because um, I think I was I was pretty critical of her. Uh, the last two years, um, and I, I think I always mentioned she didn't have much help, but still, they didn't, you know, she didn't live up to be, uh, I think, what everyone was expecting after that freshman year she had. So I want to give a shout out and an award, my Unsung Hero Award, to Cam Evans because the way that she switched her role this year, I think, was really phenomenal, and the attitude she had about it was not an easy attitude to have at all. You have someone coming in essentially taking your spot, and you have to take a sort of backseat. Maybe it helped in the fact that stuff was off her shoulders, like the, the responsibility of scoring goals was off her shoulders. And then she still came up and had, what, two, three goals this season and three, four assists, something like that, um, and did it in the biggest games of the season. She did against Penn State last game of the season. I know they lost. That's not on her. She scored a goal against uh, one of the top teams in the Big Ten and tried to give MSU a chance uh, of winning on the final day of the season. Um, so, yeah, that is my unsung hero, Cam Evans. Me, I was between two defenders in mine, but and and Adam took one of mine, so I'm gonna go with the next choice that I had, and it's Reagan Cox. Mm. Reagan Cox for me was a great player to watch on at the right back. Defended really well, attacked really well, moved the ball extremely well, and always communicating. And yeah, I was a little bit on song. We didn't see too much of her, and she was in top drawer soccer's team of the week back in September, mm. and I thought her performances throughout the season were worthy of this award there uh game of the year for me uh, you know i'm slightly embarrassed to say it's one that i did not watch live but I, I mean i was there for like the last 10 minutes i think which was the most important part of the game but the first 80 minutes i had to watch back uh 2-1 win over minnesota at home on september 26th uh this was the first time we really saw this team face adversity this year they beat indiana on the road, and you're like, okay, shoot, this team, you know, after non-conference, we're now seeing that they're still winning games, and they're they're for real. Then they come back home four days later, lose to Wisconsin, who we see is in the second round of the NCAA tournament now, so we know how good they are. And then they come in and play Minnesota, looking to bounce back, first loss of the season. They go up 1-0, then they concede with 10 minutes left. Then we get to see, okay, can they can they face adversity in a game and come back from it? They score with, what, five minutes left to go and beat Minnesota 2-1 at home, snapped a five-game losing streak against Minnesota dating back five years. That, for me, was the game of the season. And going to me, the my game of the season was the win against Iowa in Iowa City, 2-1. Wickes scores the winner in the last, and both goals came in the last 20 minutes of the game. Come I, from behind her? Yeah, uh, the come from behind. Uh, it was a game on my birthday, coincidentally. Oh shoot! So <laughs> that, that that had no no play in the award. That, that, yeah. that had no play in the award. <laughs> it was just a great. I remember watching. Biases aside. Yeah, bias bias aside, that game in the second half, um, you could see the attitude change coming out of halftime. They were aggressive. They wanted to win this game, and I said, as soon as they knocked that first goal in, I said the second one comes right in after. And that's exactly what happened. It was a great game to watch. It was also an it was an Ava Cook masterclass in that second half as well. So that was my game of the season. Yeah, Ian 
I was I had a toss up and I hadn't even decided as of like three minutes ago, but <laughs> Ian took one of my answers word for word. The yeah, just everything conce- about Minnesota conceding that equalizer and just yep. coming right back. So I'll go with. I want to give a shout out. This wasn't a win, but the goals they scored against Nebraska. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking about that one too. The Cook effort, the Gainer effort, like top shelf. Such a memorable game. Double bangers. Yeah. But I'll go for a win. Take the Ohio State game. Wasn't the brightest first half, but just the end of that game. The bow with one of the goals of the seasons to put you in front. And then it looks like it's going to be a Minnesota type of situation conceding that late equalizer, but Kozel stops the penalty. So possibly the goal of the season, Kozel's save of the season. All of that, I just, yeah, I'll take the Ohio State game. Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, we need that is a fifth category. Think on it while we do the fourth goal of the season. Has to be one because there there's so many to choose from too. So pick your favorite while we while we do this other one. Breakout season waiting to happen, and I love this one because I feel like you could go in so many directions. So Luca, I'm glad you teed that up because I'm going in many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's giving this award out to like six players. <laughs> For me, breakout season waiting to happen. I'm bit, I'm I'm tossed between two players, but I'm gonna go with one of them right now, and it's Zivana Labovic. She had a strong freshman season. Now she had a strong sophomore season. Can she continue going on into her junior year? And her performances this season were fantastic. We saw her in a different position. Last season we saw her play the forward and the outside mid. This season she controlled the center midfield, controlling the park, playing well, passing well, and even ended with four goals and two assists. All right, so do I tee up all the different directions I was thinking about or just jump straight into the gift or award? Uh, tee up, no, go on, do your different directions. Tee them up, all right. So Wickis is like an obvious, like easy one to mine because one, Cook's leaving. Wickis, we saw how much her role started to increase throughout the season. Yep. So a lot of, a lot to be hopeful for with her next season and yep. just what can she, what she can bring to the team. Andrus is another one, but there's also we don't exactly know what's happening with Skolarski. If Andrus, if that spot's going to be opened up, I'll I'll always have the memory of her buzzer beater in the opening game that didn't end up counting from 45. Yes, yes. curling into the top corner ever so slowly, but ever so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think, and even I think we started seeing her versatility tested throughout the end of the season. So I think that's a big one. But ultimately, where I'm going with this, and it's. Why well, I say I'm going in different directions. It's not exactly a breakout, but I think Lauren DeBow's production next season is going to be exponentially greater than hers this season. To go with like yeah. all the talent she's showing and why like, I, I mentioned her every pod as like second best outfielder on the team. So it's not a breakout, but I think statistically, I'd expect a large jump from her. And I think those long shots that we know she can hit, they'll hit more frequently. Again, she also hit the transition coming from Central to. Yep. Michigan State, so it's her first season in the Big Ten out of her out of the way. I think there's a, a I was about to say the same line again. A lot to be excited for, but <laughs> there's I expect a lot next season, and I just don't think we'll get let down in that uh, sense. Two goals, two assists, almost like sells her short. Yeah, yeah because the two was her performances just throughout the season. There's not a, another yeah. player on that roster that could do the same things Debo did, and she was so consistent. And with just it. in my head, best playmaker on the team. 
So I just feel like the assists yeah. are little, you know. Yeah. I mean, and there were some where she put the where she put players through, and those those yeah. weren't they weren't finished. But right. to be able to put that pass exactly where she wanted it and put her teammate in a great position to score, it's I mean it's a talent that very few have. And pulling the strings from either the eight all the way up to second striker. Yeah, exactly. She probably had like five hockey assists too. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of you know the the second pass, um, Al, or Adam actually mentioned the the two I was thinking about so. Ah, but I really still don't know. I tried to go in it. So I, I thought about one is Allie Childers that, that Hosler mentioned he was meeting with today because I think every time she came in, she was solid. Jordan Wickes, obviously. Cook leaves. I think Wickes is going to take that goal-scoring spot. Um, MJ Andrus, again. And she she came in and she played in lots of different spots. So she can be you know versatile and used just about anywhere. Um, I'm going with Maya for goalie. Because I remember at the beginning of the season when there was one game she played in and she was the best player on the park and she only played for like 25 minutes. Mercy? Uh, it might have been. Because I, t- I had the same takeaway as you, if that's, if that's the game you're talking about. It, it, it might be, yes. Uh, yeah, and she played, I think in that game she played left back, uh, center mid, and striker. And she excelled at every single position. I the only reason I'm a little bit um you know uh, hesitant hesitant to to give her this is I don't know how much she's going to be used. But if she is used, I think she can be used anywhere and I think she can do really well. Very well. Which brings us into I can't believe we didn't think about this before considering how many bangers there were this season. Goal of the season. And just because I think we all want to say it, let's give MJ Andrus an honorary <laughs> Goal this season for because what, it didn't count. For what one hundred percent would have been. Though. Yes. Oh no. It, it, if 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 the final whistle went one second, two seconds later, that is there's there's no discussion here at all about what was the goal of the season. But it would have made, whistle, top, if, it made if, a top. If 10, they just yeah. used yeah. a final whistle instead of using a buzzer. Yeah. It's yes. an, it's not a buzzer sport. To be no, fair, honestly, they still might have blown it there because she was at halfway. Maybe actually. <laughs> it depends the... how long it takes the ref to put the whistle in his mouth first and yeah. then go. She only hit that because she heard uh PA man counting down three, two, one, and then and then she hit it. That that uh it was just absurd. I remember just watching like be like, what? What is this really about to happen? Okay. But hey, goal of the season. Who who wants to start? All right. So I'm gonna be honest, I'm scrolling through the Twitter right now because I have one in my mind, but I need to double check those goals against Nebraska. Duh, duh, yep. <laughs> So if either of you have a in be- one uh, in the mind right now, I have one in my mind. For me, it's uh, Debo's goal against Ohio State, the winner, uh, top shelf finish, power strike. And in that moment, I remember watching the game, and I'm like, nothing's happening here. I was like, there's not enough going forward. I said Ohio State's defense is pressing very hard, not allowing Michigan State's players inside the box. And then all of a sudden, I feel like Debo said, "F this," and just <laughs> and just blasted it. That's a pretty good description. Bit of some Marco Royce technique on it, the way that right leg curled around the left exactly. after the follow through. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, those are sick. So that was my, that's my goal of the year goes to Lauren Debo. I see. This is hard because you have to balance like the quality of the strike, the situation, the quality of opponent. Uh, like what it meant. That was a winner. Yeah, it was a winner. And that's why I, I, I again, I'm slightly hesitant. Mine is gonna go to Zavana Labovich, first game of the season against Detroit Mercy, when she was like 22, 23 yards out, and just slammed oh. one with the right peg yes. and went upper 90. 
Like it was nasty. It was disgusting. It was all of these things. The cross was fantastic too. Yes. It was, and I, th- I think she took a really good first touch, didn't she? Very set first, herself up uh, exactly. That it took yeah. one touch to set herself up, and second one just to rock it through it. Yeah, so I, I think that's where I have to go. I remember I was on the call for that one. It was my yeah. only play-by-play one. I said she looked hesitant to shoot initially, and then puts it away with full conviction. I rewatched it. She did not look hesitant at all. It was in the <laughs> eyes. This is going. I'm volleying this on my second touch. Uh, so quick honorable mention. Debo's goal against Eastern is real satisfying to watch, but just the way one time let it kind of right-footed to, to the far post. I can get you yeah. live reactions, but yeah, I I might need to rewatch that one. I think I gotta go Justina Gaynor against Nebraska. Oh, great finish. It's it's hard to argue with either of the ones against Nebraska. Just that that was the curler, right? Yeah, the, the curler to the far yeah. post. Upper yeah. not, upper ninety. Because to be fair, the uh, I think it was Cook that scored the other one there, right? Yeah. Yes. Could have been saved. Yeah, it was a little a chip to goalie. Not it went, too far. Yeah, it went down the middle. Goalie yeah. didn't quite get it. Gainers could not have been saved yeah. by literally anyone. You could put three goalies in there. I still think it would have made it. Yeah. No, that was top top corner. It was stupid. That oh, I I don't I don't remember a season where there have been more bangers. Like I really don't. Every single. Every single game almost had a bang. There was a road stretch stretch where there wasn't normal goals. No. <laughs> well, just having the two goals they had against Nebraska is just absurd. Iowa to too, uh, the game against Iowa too, where Ava Cook rounded the goalkeeper and scored on an empty net. Even the rebound, it was a it was a it sick was, long shot from Wickes that led to yeah. a Cook tap in, but like other way around. Cook shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cook no, shot sorry, Wickes game winner, but. Just to turn things around, can we all agree on the save of the season? PK save. Oh, yeah. although there was that there was, one against Michigan. That's where I was going to go. Yeah, no, there was no. a touch. I, no. There was a touch of yes. that was a spotty penalty. Nothing right. away from Kozo. No, D- no. in comparison to that Michigan save. The the Michigan save was athleticism at its finest. And just reflexes, like, like the amount of times that was yes. going in the corner. The amount of times we've it. seen those kind of shots, yeah, just go in. Goalie sh- sees it last second because it's off of a, off of the chaos of a corner. Yeah, reflexes of a cat. That <laughs> see, I say, can we all agree? And then we all agree on a different one. <laughs> <laughs> different one. Than I was thinking that of. one blew right by me. That's <laughs> yeah. I, right when I said that, I forgot about that. Uh, the the win against Minnesota wasn't a bad goal either. Oh yeah, nice little bang, sick play yeah, too. That. Yeah, the build up to that one was fe- was phenomenal. See, so you, you scroll through the Twitter and then you remember all these things that you were forgetting. Yeah, <laughs> bless MSU Twitter. But uh, you know, yeah, there's really not a goal in the season that's not there. There is uh, besides Andrus. It is just to be able to <clears throat> sit here after an MSU women's soccer season and. Talk about all the bangers they had and the saves of the season and the Big Ten goalie of the year. It's just, uh, I think, you know, we just got to take time to say thank you Yeah, for us. Because yeah, be- that provides great stuff for us to cover, and I am I am very grateful. Yeah, and kind of you compare it to some of the the lower postseason recaps we've had in yeah. the last two years of the podcast. Yeah, 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 this conversation would have taken come before. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, This conversation would have taken less than 10 minutes if this was two years ago. Maybe five last year. Maybe yeah. five. But yeah. this year, just, it's yeah. It's been a very short show been... <laughs> last year. But here we are. 50 minutes in. Recapping the season. Um, 
here's this is always one of my favorite like postseason things to do. Way too early next season predictions. And I have written in parentheses here, there's only one way to go. It's go crazy or be a loser. Don't be a loser. I'll, do you want, I'll start? Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. I genuinely don't think they finish lower than fourth. There's no way, right? Like, I know there's other good teams in the Big Ten, but I, I know losing Ava Cook is big. But there are people to step into those shoes, and I think they will. Um, I think the only way is up. I'm not saying they win the Big Ten next year but I'm not saying they're not going to win the Big Ten next year. I think there is a chance. It is an outside chance, but there's a chance to win the Big Ten next year. All of their losses like against the top teams were close. Rutgers 1-0, Michigan 1-0, Wisconsin 1-0, Penn State 2-1, Iowa 1-0. All one-goal losses in there. They make the NCAA tournament, no question. No question next year. Um, I think they make second or third round NCAA tournament. I think... That is my prediction. They finish top four in the Big Ten, and they win at least one game in the tournament, if not two. And just because right. I have go crazy on here, I'm going to say they win two. Three, <laughs> four. No, they actually win five. <laughs> yeah. They're um, actually lifting a trophy uh, in January. College <laughs> Cup, bro. <laughs> well, th- that's the thing, too. I didn't think about this. Hosser has, like, postseason experience in a tournament. Here's, here's the bold prediction. Elite Eight. They make Elite Eight next year, losing the Elite Eight. Luca, you go first because I need to think of a soccer comparison for mine. I have like an American football one, but I'd rather go <laughs> stick to soccer. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm gonna say uh, top three finish in the Big Ten. I see going third place is doable. I think they're gonna again challenge Rutgers. They're gonna challenge Michigan. They're gonna challenge Wisconsin, and I think that's gonna lead to a top three finish. And if the NCAA is generous. And gives Michigan State a, a good a good starting spot in in the NCAA tournament. I see them winning two games at least. Two game they win two games minimum. After that, it's all hell breaks loose. Let's see what happens. <laughs> that is that is very accurate. Yeah, I'm gonna ride the same wave. We're going. I, I can't speak on what Rutgers' situation is with who's like who's going back if they're running back the same team again. But top two with Rutgers. Lauren DeBoe, Big Ten Player of the Season. I won't predict the stats. I was thinking about double-double, 10 goals, 10 assists. Let's go. Okay. But <laughs> Here's the thing, though. There's, like, we don't even know who, but someone could have double-digit goals on this team next year. Yeah, yep. someone, someone we don't know yet at all. Could. Or there could be no one with, like, more than five because they yeah. just all spread it out. Yeah. We just and don't know. That's what it was for the, the entirety of the middle of the season. Yes. Because Cook had that little dip. And even when she was still producing and everyone else would join in with her. But I'm, let's go top two. The both first team, player of the season could player of the season if they win if they get first. Ooh. Like offensive player in the year yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah, I'll say she probably first, leads, she probably leads Big Ten in assists next yeah. season. But first team, if you know, if they're not second and they want to give to someone who's on the the first place team, similar tournament thing. I think you gotta really look at Hostler's tournament experience to make a Big Ten tournament final. Then they make a great. I mean, I then yeah, a good college cup run. The football comparison is Sean McVay's first season at the Rams. They made the playoffs. They had a home game. They lost a home game to the Falcons. Mm. His second year, they make the Super Bowl. They win the NFC. Mm. So it's like you and the, the Rams were sorry <laughs> before McVay was there. Yep. So you get that first season to transfer you to success, and then that second season where you really run with it. What, There's a what, lot of what season is he in now? McVay. Yeah. Fifth. Four, four, fifth. Yeah, fourth or fifth. Hey, five years down the road, he, <laughs> Hosler's just gonna like 
the three best players in the country the previous year are going to transfer to Michigan <laughs> State. One of them's going to be midseason, Von Miller. And then, uh, yeah, then they're gonna win the Super who, who gave Michigan State this cap space? Yeah, yeah no one. <laughs> who knows? We might. Hey, you see the money, talk, money Tucker's getting? They they're gonna <laughs> drop some money on this women's soccer program. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, hey, hey, Mel Tucker's the biggest fan of this organization here. That's facts. He has been vocal on his Twitter. Also, real quick, I'll just show you guys the Eastern goal. Okay, get the live. Yes, yes, I remember this. Oh, that's a spectacular yes. side finish. foot, little swerver yep. on the first touch, swiftly to the corner. Swaz on oh. it. That was yep. I forgot about that one too. I did. I, I and I called that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Should I play out Ian Gilmore live commentary Do for it. the podcast as well? Yep. Let's see how it went. Trying to create some space for herself. DeBow with the first time shot. It's a screamer. It was a screamer. Into the top right hand corner. It was into the top right corner. Opens her Michigan State goal scoring That is a very good first goal. The first in the green and white. That is a hell of a way to announce yourself. That is. <laughs> that was a good goal. Very good goal. Um, last last bit of business. We have to make predictions as always. Who wins the NCAA tournament? Here, first my question is Big Ten or the field? Let's go Big Ten. Rutgers is still in, right? Rutgers <laughs> is still in. Michigan's still in. Uh, Penn State is still in. Oh, yeah. Wisconsin is still in. Yeah. Oh, one more thing we got to address. Sorry, 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 sorry. How did some of these Big Ten teams make it over I, Michigan I, State? I, oh, what oh, is God. Ohio State doing in the <laughs> yeah, Big Ten what tournament? Did, yeah, what? Uh, what, and what did Wisconsin do on the other side of the bracket? Like, What, 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 I, what happened there? Yeah, I remember when you texted that in the group chat. I was like, what is Ohio State doing there? I was like, Wisconsin is 8, 5, and 6. I didn't even know Wisconsin made it. I knew Ohio State was the team I complained about. I didn't even catch Wisconsin. Wisconsin's good, but they're not like perennial. Pa- like I understand Penn State is like perennially always good. That's why they get in an eleven seven. And they started a great, yeah, non-conference. They were it's five hundred in the Big Ten. Yeah, they did finish. Yeah, five they, and five. Yeah, but yeah, no. What what, what were some of these decisions? <sighs> did Ohio State lose first round? I think they did. Rush also, park. I sent this in our group chat, but who was Tech. it? Who who lost six nil? Oh, it was against Virginia, right? Well, Ohio State. No, 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 no. no. I I know the complaint oh, you're lost, talking oh. about. And that's not. I'm looking through. The, it, it was Virginia against High Point. Yeah. And like, I understand High Point probably won their conference because why else would High Point get into the tournament? But I oh, that just and then you look at the other side of the bracket. TCU eight nil win over Prairie View. That has to be like a like a community college. Pepperdine, seven one win over South Dakota State. I understand all of our Prairie View and uh South Dakota State listeners will be angry with this. <laughs> the full that's point too two bad. five. I uh, that just annoys me and I understand, you know conference winners and all, but Fix the format, get a better first round of the tournament. Yeah. Oh god. It's annoying. So right. what if every game in the first round was a blowout? <laughs> That's what the committee wants. It's like the German Cup first round where all like the sorry divisions host first division teams. Then just put oh, yeah. just put Maryland in the tournament then. The part-time workers in Nebraska. <laughs> at least if they put Nebraska in it, it would have been at least been like 9 to 5. 
and it would have been, you know, an enjoyable blowout. To <laughs> they would have taken away from the nine. They just would have scored. <laughs> no, oh, you know, that's no. Nebraska's thing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, crazy no. games. Even against Iowa, Iowa won 4-3. Like, at least Nebraska's putting up a fight and making Who, it fun. Whoever wins the whole thing, Nebraska would have forced into a tough 5-4 loss. Yes. Somehow, it, one way yes, or another. very tough. It would have been Rutgers, yeah, Rutgers 5, Nebraska 4. Surprised that wasn't the regular regular season uh, score. Uh, okay, but, so we're saying, yeah, degree big, big, ten, big 10, field or Big 10? Oh, that wins the tournament? Yeah. Oh, outside of Big 10. Taking the field. Yeah, I'm okay. taking the field. Okay. Uh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Luca and take the field just because we've seen that Rutgers are vulnerable. And if you win the conference tournament in the Big Ten, there's no way you win it all, right? Like, Michigan's not going to win it. There's no way. Wisconsin's not going to win it all. Penn State's not going to win it all. Oh, so let's see how they're route to the... Man, four games, one by six yeah, or greater. Forest. So they play other tennis Yeah, series. that's absurd. <laughs> Rutgers, so Rutgers is on a collision course with... Um, Michigan. The four seed in their, in, their, in their thing, TCU. Also, it's confusing how they rank. They have four one. I, I know it's the way they do it everywhere, but I guess... Hmm, interesting. I would love to see a rematch of Michigan Rutgers in the Final Four. That would be kind of cool. That would be sick. And then on the other side, Wisconsin's got UC Irvine next, who is the two seed in their bracket. Penn State has USC, who's the three seed on their side. I don't know. I think I think it is – I think a Big Ten team will make the Final Four for sure. I just don't know if they'll make the national championship game. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't either. Also – I am embarrassed to say I don't know women's soccer the entire landscape well enough to tell you who's going to win it all. But I will still predict because that is what we do. <laughs> That's what we do around here, we boys. We predict. With full conviction. Yep. Um, well, I almost was going to say North Carolina, and then I just saw they lost their first round game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a nope. I was going to say their friendly neighbors down the road, Duke. I think it has to be, it has to be one of the one seeds, right? has to be. It has to be... Duke, Virginia, Rutgers, or Florida State. And Florida State looks darn good. Yeah, Florida State's a great team. You know what? I'm going with Virginia because I'm angry with everyone for putting High Point in. I'm taking Virginia because Michigan State should have made it over High Point and then Michigan State would have beat Virginia. So I'm taking Virginia. Virginia, national champions 2021. I'm taking Rutgers. Redemption tour after losing oh, the Big shoot. Ten tournament. Dang. Oof. Okay. Gotta again. If I'm taking Big Ten, no better hands to put it in. I don't know if they meet Michigan in the Final Four. I doubt it. But it would be sweet. Rutgers winning the whole thing. I'm gonna go with Duke just because I think Duke versus Virginia in a Final Four matchup would be so mm, sick. That would. And then hey, maybe Florida State on the other side of it, or Rutgers. Yeah. Hmm, who knows? That'd be a crazy Final Four lineup. When is the final? December fifth. December fifth in Santa Clara. Fond memories and PTSD. <laughs> Akron 5, Michigan State 1. Uh, Santa, that was Santa Barbara. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, yep. No, never mind. We're happy. We're good. <laughs> so that is, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Adam, because I feel kind of nostalgic right now. We're wrap, This is the last time we're going to wrap up the women's season. Yeah, I feel like I need to get some uh, some player recap articles in, just, you know, bridge the gap for me a little. Yeah. But it's a, 
Yeah, tough time. You know, Why do we? You know what we should do is Luca should recap our careers at Michigan State. <laughs> put it up on the. So you look at the growth final. they've had. I'll have a whole presentation on the, that, that TV. Look, look, look at this yeah, writing style. Next impact meeting is simply uh, a celebration of Ian Gilmore and Adam <laughs> Baker on the men's soccer or the the soccer beat. From a our... celebration of life. Yep. <laughs> Presented by Luca Maloney. Tactical breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Tactical breakdown. How, how to Check out it. these stats. Yeah. Four columns written per week. Forty BTN's, articles, BTN's twenty-five superstars. podcasts, <laughs> one attempted remote broadcast. It <laughs> never happened. Asterisk. That did happen. That did happen. <laughs> that did happen. That is the one thing I'll walk away from this with a regret of is that we never got that broadcast going. That is up to you next year, Luca. I thought you were about to say that was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> that is all on you. All on me. No kidding. Wow, wrapped up women's soccer season. Dang, we like talk- Luca said, it's a bright future. We talk about recruiting and transfers. Luca has two seats to fill. Yeah, you're sliding one yep. over to your sliding right. One over, yep. and then we'll you got- see who's the unlucky person. It's gonna <laughs> turn into the Luca Maloney show, Colin Cowherd esque. Yeah, <laughs> there won't be honestly, any- <laughs> dude. Just have like a guest on every single week. Oh, dude, I That's probably will. Just, just a different player every I'll s- week. I'll send you a cardboard cutout. Oh yeah. No, don't I'll worry. I'll have in. your guys' picture right there on that yeah. TV. Yeah. You guys are always here. Joined in studio. <laughs> Dang. Those before, ESPN split yeah, before screens. Before this turns into the Champions League podcast in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Have Fab on one time. <laughs> All right. It's wrapped. We're over an hour already. We'll we'll talk internationals quick. Just because quick. Scotland beat Denmark. 2-0. Denmark, is that a top 10 world side? FIFA rankings? Let's, 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 right let's, check, like one. let's check the we, FIFA We rankings. played them off the park, too. Like they, We looked quite good, and I've never seen us play that well in a, in a while. Not in the Euros, not in the Euro qualifiers. That was the best game I've seen Scotland Denmark play. is a top 10 team. Yeah. Exactly 10th. Yeah. I'll take that. Sick. Makes us seeded for the playoffs, which is Massive. still tough. Still tough. Hey, as long as you avoid Portugal and Italy. I mean, I need to understand how the playoffs work still. I well, know we so talked about it, we, but... I, Portugal and Italy are both seeded teams. I think the toughest team that is unseeded is Poland. Yeah, who's who's getting who's handling Lewandowski? If you guys meet, oh, Big Dick Scott's gonna have him in the bag. <laughs> McTominay is just going to he's gonna be in his pocket. He's gonna it's crazy. eat him because if he was, if he was wearing a United jersey, Lewandowski's redoing his uh, famous uh, picture okay, with maybe, a Scotland jersey on. Who knows what might happen? Let's put uh, <laughs> let's put Grant Hanley on him then. Washed up 35-year-old Grant Hanley. Oh, no, hey, I'm, t- I'm not taking away from anything on uh, Scotty Tuhati in an international jersey. Okay, respect. Or, honestly, you could, you <laughs> I could w- put... I will ride with Poland for Lowy, oh, but... Come on. You could put uh, Rabo or Tierney on him. That would be interesting. That would be, I mean... Bobby! Yeah, we can't, we, we won't preview matchups that don't exist yet, but that would be interesting. Turkey is another tough one, and I don't even want to talk about the Czech Republic. I don't Republic. know, Turkey, Turkey's easy to break down, Czech- honestly. Oh, Czech made it through the Nations League. Yeah. Revenge game. And you Austria. Just, you just don't want to see Patrick Schick again. Austria finished fourth Schick. in our group. And they're, they're well, you guys beat them both times, didn't you? Austria? Yeah. I believe so. Uh, one might... Well, we might have drawn one. Let me look. Scotland. Mazel Sabitzer. Also, the way they used to do it was... Oh, you drew them at home. Beat them away. Okay. The way they used to do it was the highest... The second place team with the most points were the ones that get through. Guess who had the most points in all the group stages in the second place? Scotland. Yeah. And we always missed out because we never had the, the top three points as a second place team. Now they change it and... <clears throat> I, it makes sense, though, because Tough. half the groups have five teams, half the groups have six teams. 
Oh, so you literally just can't measure. We played points. ten games. The other other half of them played eight games. You could do points, oh, points per game. Yeah, that that is. True. I've never knew. I never noticed that. Yeah, that's why when we had played nine games and there was huh. seven, I'm like, why are they so far behind? <laughs> that's why Memphis leads in goal involvements. His group had twelve games or ten games. Yeah, and they had cupcake teams. Yeah, after group, after after yeah. group, <laughs> Baltar, yeah. after group, yeah. he's all six teams. I'm excited though. I think we have. I think we have a solid chance. Yeah. Reasons to be hopeful. With our luck, we'll get drawn against Poland or Turkey, but that's, it's at Hamden. It's at home. So, hey, the way Turkey played, I mean, they they were a lot better in qualifying, but they were the sorriest team in the Euros. Sorriest team, especially for the expectations that people had on them because yeah. of the players. Dark horse. Yeah. Dark horse, Turkey. Turkey might win. No. Soyan true. It's like, really? What happened to Arda Turan? Isn't oh, he, he like hospitalized? Yeah, I thought he was in jail. I oh, thought he got. Uh, I thought he got arrested. <laughs> we got one of the two, but I know he's not in a playing facility. It's unlucky. Um, Italy and Portugal both in the playoffs is a surprise. Very, very, yeah. Very. Adam, you can you can go on your angry rant about the goal that was disallowed. Well, and we even talked about it on the pod. Just Serbia, Portugal in Serbia. It's two two last minute. Ronaldo scores. There's no. Somehow, there's no goal in technology. The goal doesn't count. They try the game. Serbia wins the home. G- Serbia wins the game in Portugal. Sends Portugal to the playoffs. It's annoying, but I'm also not stressed because I don't think Portugal is going to lose a playoff. The last time they're in it, we got that legendary and all the performance well, against Sweden. Of, yeah. So I doubt it will be that high of an occasion again. But I'll stress. I'll stress when it's a week away. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of expectations on Portugal because this is like their coming of their like their golden age for Portugal, considering the talent that they that they've had in this team in the last two years. If the making the playoffs sparks a coaching change like it did for Mexico back in 2014, <laughs> and how good that World Cup kind of went for them, I, I enjoyed it. How good that World Cup went for them, it'll be worth it. I, just Fernando Santos can't manage this team. He's too defensive for a team that has all the talent on the. I mean, no, they they do have a good defense. They have a great. So just trust them. Play an offensive system. So I don't know. He hasn't been fired yet, and that's kind of it's usually like a quick fire decision. But we'll see. I wouldn't mind if he, you know, someone else stepped in for him. Italy in the playoffs is, I think, even more surprising, just because they just won the Euros. Yeah, and especially because they could have won the game against Switzerland to put them through. And then, and didn't they? Wasn't the last day? Didn't they uh, draw with Northern Ireland? They drew with Northern Ireland, which made no sense. I mean, I watched the game and it was just frustrating to watch. And people complained that it was because there was a lack of no, there was a lack of strikers, no lack of positional awareness between everybody. I was like, this is a, this is just a lack of just competence, really. <laughs> First word that came to my mind. <laughs> it was it was really what it was. I was like, I was like, play through them. I was like, you're trying to play above them and trying to defend against Northern Ireland. I was like, don't. Yeah, I mean, Immobile is never the answer. Barardi's not much better. <laughs> no, Immobile like is they're... never the answer, but Immobile plays better off the ball than Bellotti does or even <laughs> Insigne at the number oh, nine yeah, position. I meant to say Bellotti, not Barardi. In some of those Euro games, I did like late game when Barardi was up top. But, again, Italy should be fine. It's just such a crazy swing. Jorginho missing penalties in both Switzerland yeah. games. That's Four points lost for Italy, two points gained for Switzerland. But Switzerland finished two points ahead. Yep. So, much. you know, there it is. Just, just has to make that second one, not even both. But, again, I don't. Bring, I, th- I think both of them will make it. Bring Balotelli back into this team, seriously. 
Um, Netherlands back in the World Cup after they missed 2018. Yeah, and it's weird because I never have like rooted for the that team ever. And Louis granted, granted, he wasn't playing that game, but if Norway would have won, it meant Holland would have had a shot in the playoffs because he would have been back by then. I would have felt bad if Netherlands got bounced. Van Dyke and Delit mainly. I don't like. Oh, I will say I used to hate Van Dyke and kind of uh, Van Dyke. No, 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 never, never. Which <laughs> I used to hate Van Hall, but that guy is also kind of hilarious. Like he's, I kinda, a, he's a character. He's a character, and I'm starting to enjoy it a little more. So I, I'll be glad they'll make it. I'm hoping you know Van Dyke's healthy this time around. Get him in the tournament. I know there's a lot with Defry and him kind of starting over Delit, but. I would love to see that Van Dyke and Delit duo back together. I don't again. I don't really care much yeah, for the rest the of the team. Because the Netherlands always but... has a good, solid core group of players. Yep. Yeah. So I know it'll be interesting. It'll they'll be entertaining. They won't be contenders. I just don't think they have the like, the offensive front. No, power. but they but they love to go deep in World Cups. Yeah, it went second, uh, third, not qualified. So yeah. it's all or nothing. <laughs> uh, Harry Kane is he back? Patrick against San Marino, four goals against Andorra. He's found his level. Please, <laughs> dude. Please. He's also a, he has a, he has a Nations League, uh, not Nations League, uh, Conference League hat trick under his belt too, or something. Maybe it was a brace. Staff, I do wants to pass Wayne Rooney in the numbers so bad. <laughs> Does it give you any hope, Luca? G- give me hope that yes, but it's like, <laughs> can you do it against uh, like a real competition? That's that's my biggest question. Can Harry Kane bounce back into a a normal form against an opposition that can actually challenge you. I mean, step padding against San Marino won't help, unfortunately. But Tottenham's uh, group of players that went international in the last two weeks actually did pretty well. Gio Lo Celso with Argentina did pretty well. Bergweiner with the Netherlands did well. So Can't forget Son and AFC qualifying. Yeah, Son and AFC in the AFC did well. <laughs> Hugo Loris, we'll see. Um, it's still the biggest story in world football right now, Newcastle. Of course. Uh, it, I love just reading the tweets every day that come out. There's Newcastle United are plotting a raid of Serie A in the first transfer window since their takeover. Inter Milan duo Stefan de Frey and Marcelo Brozovic, as well as Lazio's Thomas Strakosha, are among the club's targets. Well, you'll have a lot of competition from Antonio Conte trying to recruit the entirety the of the entire Serie A All-Stars. An hour before that? Newcastle will battle Everton and Crystal Palace to sign Arsenal flop Nicolas Pepe in the January transfer window. Bold. I mean, I, I don't disagree, but it's a bold claim in an article headline. Um, Juventus want to sign Axel Witzel, but Newcastle have made an offer that they cannot compete with. The Belgian midfielder earns $7 million a year, and Newcastle oh. have offered him 10 yeah, I thought you meant the... I, I, hope, I was hoping you meant the financial offer to Dortmund. Finally, some money. Yeah, ES- ESPN also announced in, in a player. Morning. I'm fine with losing. Go yeah. ahead. All ESPN right. also announced this morning that Barcelona's technical secretary is also on the list to become Newcastle's new sporting director. Who? What's his name? Uh, Ramon Planes, I believe. Oh shoot! Wait. Uh, Barca's so what? Barca- Barcelona's former uh, technical oh, secretary. Former. I was going to say well, you he, don't, yeah, he left. Yeah. You don't want anything <laughs> of the current Barcelona no, stuff. No no, 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 no. Well, it's just I, I don't know. for what was the position. Technical. For yes, he was the club. He was Barcelona's director. Um, of football. Uh, not, I don't know if like here Fabrizio just tweeted this a couple of days ago. Asked to leave the club. Well, so His position just... was uh, he was a technical director. Okay. And so he wants to transition in the role of sporting director at Newcastle, which they have him on the list. So he, this is from an hour ago. Newcastle United are finalizing contract details with Michael Emanalo, 
as they close in on appointing him their director of football. Oh. And he, uh, so he's got like a big name or something. I, I don't totally know. Um, I think Monaco he was he was at, and he led there like, you know, rise. But I'm not sure. Also, contract talks between Man United and Lingard have collapsed. No sign of a deal being reached. Lingard wants to leave early, as possibly as early as January. He, he, should, got, have, he should have left in August. So you got conned out of West Ham's Europa League run. Yep. I mean, he got his selfie with Cristiano. So. Yeah, that's all he can <laughs> say. He, posted, he got to post that split screen, how it was, how it is now. <laughs> also, this is interesting. So, you know how was you know his appointment was delayed? Um, so negotiations for his assistance is what led to that. In one case, it was a matter of less than 200,000 pounds. It's interesting because I mean, we have like four five dollars down here, man. Pocket change. Okay, exactly. Pocket that's change. what I'm saying. That's that's I don't know. It's a quick loan. Interesting. Well, that is that is my Newcastle. I, it's gonna be. I can't wait to watch him this weekend. Who's on the schedule? That is a great question. <laughs> is it? Uh, I think it's mm, Burnley. Is it Burnley? Burnley come back. Box uh, oh, Brentford. 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 Saturday, ten a.m. It's actually entertaining. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Depending game. what Brentford you get. But. Hey, 10 I think a- we're we're at home too. That's, yeah. that's favorable. Yep. Eddie Howe on the sidelines for the first time. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Final thoughts, gents, as we wrap up the Michigan State women's soccer season. Well, Only... this has been a hell of an episode. It has. It has. Only one note on Dortmund. Rafa Guerrero is good to start this weekend. Big. Can finally stop complaining. Great to have him back. All I had to say. All right. Wonderful. Well, for the final time, as we talk about Michigan State women's soccer, we hope that you have found this episode, this very long episode, but very informative episode, to be, in the great words of Ray Hudson, Magisterial. Join us next time.